I'm a hustler, baby. Ho. I just want you to know. I'm Jess Zeno, and this is the Mothers of Reinvention. Every episode, I sit down with rebel women who share their never-before-heard life stories about that pivotal moment where they reinvented themselves and set their course to success. On today's episode, we are talking about a rise to fame, fronting the band, and an epic reinvention that led us to today, in which we are recording on a farm. (laughs) Can you guess who? (laughs) This farmer... Chef, saucier, musician, artist, author, entrepreneur, and mom of three is none other than the incredible Khalees. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jess. Hi. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take that intro any day. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about the road, like the road to hitting it big, essentially, our first break, um, and then the ultimate reinvention, where you have expanded your personal life into this purposeful life as a, as a chef and a farmer and an entrepreneur and more. Um, before you like hit it big as a musician or like I want to just say like a famous artist, what what was happening before then? Did you intend to do that? What was Not it, what at was all, it? which is funny. I think the irony of that is like yeah, not even a little bit. Um I was in New York. I was uh I moved out of my house around 16, 16 going on 17. So I was already kind of like that was the first sort of like thing that happened. And then um, I was at LaGuardia. I was at, you know, fame. So I was there. I was a drama major. um, And I kind of was just sort of like, I was surrounded by artists, you know, and and in New York in the 90s. And it was such a, it was like a palpable time, you know. And I think like my dad being a musician, I watched real, what I think to this day, you know, creative genius um, never make any money. You know what I mean? Like, they just did it because, like, they couldn't do anything else. It was like, I can't, if I can't do this, I can't breathe. And so, like, for me at the time, fame seemed so, like, it wasn't even a desire. Like, it wasn't even a thing that you think, like, I, it, yeah, I didn't even think about it. Um, I just was like, this is what I know how to do. And What did you know how to do? Did you know how to sing or write music or play kind music? Of like or? All, it's sort of like, how do you put it? Like, I don't know. Like, I was always the person, like, people meet me today and they're like, if I don't say anything, like, living out here, no one has a clue, right? They're like, you seem like you're an artist. (laughs) I'm like, what gave it? I'm like, is it my Crocs or my, the paint on my face? Like, what was it that, like, do you know what I mean? Because I smell like garlic. Like, what about (laughs) this moment made you feel like there was something happening here? Do you know what I mean? I think I've always been that way. I feel like I was always the kid that, like, you're like, oh, that's the creative one. You know Uh what I mean? Like, and I, so I think because of that, it wasn't even so, like, I was in school for theater. I, my goal, my, my, my dream was to be, oh, crying baby. My dream was to be on Broadway. Really? Yeah. As a a musical theater person? I wanted to do musical theater. (gasps) What's your favorite musical theater? Oh, my God. To be honest with you, I don't even know that I like any anything right now. I think it was really just the fact that, like... Back then, what did you like? What did I like? It was, it was honestly a lot more plays. I just want... I always did the score for stuff. So if we did, uh-huh. like, you know, Tennessee Williams, or if we did August Wilson, or I always did the music. Yeah. You know? And so, like, I was always a part of it somehow in that way, and, like... I just loved it. I didn't think of musical theater the way people think of it now, yes. back then. It was more just like, I can sing. Yes. And I, to be honest, I was probably a better actress even than I was singer. It was just, but it was all, it was all so encompassing. It was all part of like what I did. It was yes. like my whole life. 
I played the violin when I was a, a child. I played the saxophone. Huh. I was in theory, you know, like I was in theory too. Yeah, so I, did, I was on this. I mean, I wasn't at LaGuardia. I was further out on the island, but I was on that track doing all of those. Okay, so you get the things. whole. It's just part of it's just, just who you are. Yeah, it's just it's part of what you do, and especially in New York too. It was a different time. Mm. You didn't do things because like you were gonna get famous. You did them because like. This is what you do, you know? And because I moved yes. out early, I just was like, this is what I'm doing. You know Where what I mean? Where did you like, go at 16? I first rented a room out of this crazy woman's house. <laughs> Where? <laughs> On like 140, oh. well, no, she was 138th in Frederick Douglass. Okay. It was a disaster. <laughs> I was like, I cannot live in this woman's house anymore. Like, this is terrible. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, now let me... I had a job, and I've, oh, I've been Doing working since what? I was 12. I used to, girl, you're from New York. I used to work, do you remember, um, you remember EJ's? Yes. So I used to work at EJ's. Uh -huh. I had three jobs. Okay? Yes, so I used yes, to work yes. at EJ's, then I used to work at Verizioni uh -huh. clothing store, and then uh -huh. I also used to work at Monaco's on uh -huh. 80th, was 80th in Amsterdam. Yeah. So like, and then before that, I worked at Street Life and A&S Plaza. Girl, I was hustling. I was like, look, I'm grabbing. Yeah, I hear <laughs> like, you. Yeah, I mean, I was getting it, and like. At the time, I was the only kid in high school with an apartment. So I was like, I'm going to go and just get this spot. And so I moved into the Dunbar on 149th Street. And I had an apartment. And wow. I was like, I'm just living my life. And so when the time came to like, I don't know, someone was like, yo, you sing. Like, you should meet this person. And so it just kind of all, I was like, it was, it was New York in the 90s. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, we I were, love how at 16, same thing. It was like, I'm just going to move out and get my own apartment because we go. were like adults and we, we had it like in adults. us to hustle. Yeah. Can you imagine though now you get a 16 year old, you're like, no, hold my hand when you cross the street. Yes. <laughs> I know. They don't leave their homes no, until they're 27 years old. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I like, think. I mean, literally it's crazy. So that, yeah, it was a very different time. It was a very different life. New York was a different place. Yes. You know, like it was just, it was all different. It was, it was, um, when you were saying, I want to get the apartment, were you like actively saying, I'm going to invent myself as this? Or it was just like, no, no. moving out on my own. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to hit the audition circuit. It was kind of, I mean, I don't even think we were that pensive. It was really just like, mm. you know, I was 16, 17. I was 17 when I graduated. And I was like, yo, I can't be a failure. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I work. So I've got an apartment. So that's working for me. And then... Um, I started, you know, it was like I got into schools that I wanted to go to, but I didn't have the money for them. And my academic side of it wasn't good enough for a scholarship, mm -hmm. even though my art side, I was like, that's why I got in. They were like, ma'am, you, <laughs> where are all the other classes you're supposed to have? I'm like, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I still taking math in seventh grade. Yeah, I was like, I'm done with this. This is nonsense. I'm not doing any more of this. Yeah, this is stupid, okay? <laughs> so they were like, um, yeah, you can write music, but what is the rest of the stuff you're supposed to be doing? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I missed that part. They're like, okay. So yeah. So I went to like community college for like, I mean, where did you go? Uh, what was it? Just a CUNY school. It was like, I don't so know. I went to Hunter on 68th, but then I went to community. I went to Manhattan. I think it was called Manhattan community college down in Tribeca. I don't even, I'm like, where did I go? I think I ended up going to, no, you know what? I was, this is how long ago it was. Cause I went for that short period of time. It was in Staten Island. Mm. Yes. My children did oh, not wait, care wait, was, it, was it Wagner? No. No, it was not Wagner. That was an art school, by the way. <laughs> whatever. Is he asking point. if he wants to put on pajamas? Yeah, I'm like, it's do whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, 
the Sorry. Timers, no worries. I love it. <laughs> all the timers I put in, um, they need two AA batteries each. Okay. It'll probably take me like four more hours to learn how to program them. Okay. Um, so I'll read one of the pamphlets when I get home. Okay. And there's water that's coming out of that pipe now. Do you want me to put a little spigot on it just so it's easier for you guys? Oh, just the one in the garden that's flooding right there? No, not the one that's flooding. That's the ducks thing that's flooding. Oh. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Put a little thing on it for now. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Thank you. Life on the farm is very busy. Always. No, from the second, from seven a.m. Yeah. To the second you literally sit down and you're like, I'm going to drink myself to sleep. <laughs> I live in wine country, so like yes. we have all these great wineries around, and like. Now I do have neighbors that are friends, and so they're like, we got this wine. We're going to do Great. Yeah. Come so on like, over. No, literally, like my neighbor, <laughs> Sylvia is so cute. She's like, we need to just cut a hole in your fence so we can just walk on over. I'm like, you should. Um, <laughs> she's like, I'm bringing wine. I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> always early. welcome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's start now. Um, yeah, it is always busy. Um, so you're yeah, just saying, just, so you're 17, you're hustling, you have this apartment, and then you're living your life. I think, let me, to, to be fair, I grew up with artistic and artist parents yeah. I grew up in New York City and I was given a voice early on mm. my parents always my mother specifically always gave me like she always made me feel like in the world my voice would matter mm -hmm. and not in like some but just so like every voice counts type mm -hmm. of way you know mm -hmm. what I mean she taught me about protests and she taught mm -hmm. me about like you know, kind of like standing standing on two mm -hmm. feet and being okay with that and not apologizing for it. So from the time I came out, I had that. Yes. So I think it wasn't that far-fetched for me to be able to say, I'm going to do this. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to try to do it in a real way. But it was never because I was like, oh, I want to get famous. It was just like my older sister, you know, went to freaking, she was going to Brown University. And then my other sister was going to, uh, well, she was getting her degree in forensic psychology and I was like, I cannot be the loser. Like, this is not going to work for us. Like, they're all doing the damn thing. And, like, everyone expects me to be the problem child. So, like, because I was the problem child. But, right. <laughs> but like, to be fair, I was definitely the problem child. But, like, I just was like, I'm just going to do it. And I, and I just did it. it. Like I said, I think it was also, it was the right time. It was a different time. It was very, I didn't look like anything that was coming out. Cool. At that time. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I came out as I am, mm -hmm. I think. And I think that was also something that you didn't see a lot. You know, at 17 years old, when I signed with Virgin, my hair was exactly as it is right now, mm -hmm. except it was pink. Mm -hmm. I looked exactly the same. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was the same. Like, I was very much like, hey. Because I think also, too, because I grew up with artist parents, um, I didn't realize all the stuff that was going to, like, come at me. Do you know what I mean? Because they were just doing it. Like I said, I watched my dad be brilliant and like never really make any money. You know what I mean? So like he, but he, but he just kept doing it and he loved it. And yes. then he was surrounded by these other incredible human beings who were also just doing it. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? What so I was the kid sleeping at the village Vanguard on yeah. the floor underneath the table. That was me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Or at the Blue Note, like they're like just step what an over education her. you got. Do you know they, they, my parents? They were just doing it. Yes. They were just doing it. So and I think that's like how children learn who they are is by watching what their parents 100%, are and how their parents are. As opposed are. to how parent people like to parent now, where it's they're very much like shelter the children from all of the realities yeah. of. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can't have your kids out past 8 p.m. Like, yeah. well, you know, what's going to happen? 
My mom's like, she's with me, so it's 3 a.m. and we're fine. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is. So I think I, I also parent like that. I'm very much like, we're fine. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> you know, I'm like, as long as they're with me and like, what could, you know, they're with me. Yeah. I want them to see all the things. Yes. I want them to see all the life. And so I think that I had that. And so for me to be able to say I'm going to make music it was sort of just like, that's what came first. Mm -hmm. Because had it been musical theater, had it been writing, had it, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, it was just like, I was just in New York at the time doing it, and like, I needed something to, to click. I needed something to happen, you know? And then, like, when did it happen? I signed my, so I met, I met with, so I sang my first, I'm on, the first song I've ever been on is a song um, called Fairy Tales with Gravediggers, and they were with, you know, with mm -hmm. Wu-Tang, and so I was 15 years old, and I, they were like, yo, we need a girl, and I was like, <laughs> I'm a girl, <laughs> they're like, can you sing, I was like, yeah, and so they're, and you know what I mean, like, you didn't even talk about like money. I was just like, I'm like, I can't believe someone's actually gonna let me sing. Yes, like, that's amazing. The I opportunity. Like, yeah, I was like, the, dope. Yes. So it's like I did it, and then you know from there, like I started meeting again. New York was such a small place at the time, so I think people don't have a concept of it now. It's like there was no. It was just everybody was there. If you stepped out on 125th Street, you would see Rough Riders, and you know with their bikes on one side, you would see Puff or Mace with their cars. My friend used to do nails at the Mart 125. Yep. So we would go and just like hang out. We'd go get a beef patty around the corner. Yep. And then we'd just be out until it was inappropriate, yep. and then we would stay out longer. Yep, <laughs> do you know yep. what I mean? Like that's what it was. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't all this business of music now. Do you know yes. what I'm saying? It was like these were the people actually living. Like, we were all from that neighborhood. That's what was happening in the world. You yes. know what I mean? We had no, I, I had no idea that any of this was going to be this. You know, I couldn't even have aspired to it. Interesting. Um, and so I signed at 17 after having, you know, done the song with Gravediggers and, like, doing some stuff, like, kind of in the Wu-Tang sort of space and, like, knowing a lot of those guys. Um, someone was like, hey, you're kind of, like, weird. <laughs> I was like, no, you're weird. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 like in, like in a cool way, like you should meet these guys. They're from Virginia Beach. Um, and they're like, they're kind of like weird like you, like they, you, I think you guys would like the same stuff. And I was like, all right. And then literally, I don't remember how long after, but met with, you know, Pharrell and at the time um, Rob. And they were like, can you sing? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, sing a song. I was like, all right. What did I you sing? sing? I sang, um, I sang what I thought at the time was a Lauryn Hill original, which it was not. It was a Roberta Flack song. But I sang Killing Me Softly. Uh-huh. And from that point, um, they were like, yo, come down to Virginia. The, he, the funny thing is, saying it all back now, I'm like, I was 16 years old. Who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> They're like, come down to Virginia. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> Who are these people? You know, and Virginia Beach, like what a weird place. And so I, yeah, but I went down there. We recorded three songs, one of which was caught out there. Um, and for all, was like, yo, we're gonna come up to New York, and we'll like, you know, we'll we'll all we'll go and we'll like shop it. We took it to like three places, and I ended up at Virgin Records. I'll never forget. Um, and then it was all like, it all happened from there. It's amazing. I was literally, it was 1997. I was, I, I was 17 years old. 
And then who managed your, like, not who was your manager, but, like, who was managing the business of you? Were you make, calling the shots and choosing the art and the songs? Oh, 100%. And standing out front? Like, what was it to be, really, the entrepreneur you are today that started back then? Well, I think, again, it was just a different era. So, like, it wasn't, we were all just doing it. Do you know what I mean? We were all kids. Like, we couldn't really believe that this was happening, that yeah. anyone would give us anything to yes. do this. So we were all just doing it. And there was, like, I didn't even really have a manager. Like, their manager was managing me. To, right. To, I mean, it, would, like, it was like, they didn't know. They yes. didn't know what to do either. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, visually, they had no idea. Yes. So it was all, like, that was, it was me. I'm like, let's do this. You are one of the most powerful, like, to sit next to you and to know you, you are one of the most powerful, I don't even want to say women, just, like, people that I've ever had, like, the honor of meeting in my life. Thank you. And I would have to imagine, I mean, that is just who your essence, like, that's what your essence is. Like, wherever you are, like, that is the essence of you. I would imagine that when you took, like, let's say, center stage or what have you, like, Everyone must have just followed suit because you just come with that vibe. Like that's you. That's your vibe. It was. It was a. We, it was weird. I think because it's just. You know what? I. I always say I'm like things are. Certain things are just like meant to happen. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. because they make any sense. Not because like it's just like everything. As much as I fought, doors were just always flinging open and yes. things were just randomly happening. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I said, I couldn't have. I could not have planned this for myself. Yes. I couldn't have. There's no way. Um, it all just sort of like, it just flowed, you know? Like, I signed my first deal. Um, my record came out in 99. So I signed, yeah. I probably signed end of 97, 98. Um, 99, my record came out. And it was like, all these questions that I hadn't thought to, I didn't even think anyone, like, I didn't think to ask them started being asked. And I, I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, yo, but you're black, but this is like an alternative. Like you're yelling. Like, what is that? Uh-huh. Then they're like, you know, you need to lose some weight. Uh-huh. What's up with that? They're like, you know, you can't do this. And what are you going to do with your hair? And, and I was just like, I'm not going to do shit to my hair. Yes. <laughs> First of all. Secondly, they're like, you need to keep the same look. And I, here's what's so funny. The f- irony of that is that 20 years ago, I sat in a boardroom and they were like, you know, the problem with your record <gasps> is that it's, it's all over money? the place. So they're like, you it's dummy. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you know, still to this day. They're like, it's all over the place. Like, what, what genre is it? And I was like, I don't know. I don't need the title to make it, to make the music. So if you need it in order to figure out how to sell it, work that out. Yes. But I don't need to frame it in order to do it. Yes. So they were like, well, no one knows what you are. So they're, they're having, you know, we're having a hard time getting you played on the radio. And so I remember, I'll never forget this because the irony of it is in my 17, 18 year old wisdom, I could not have been more accurate yes. because I feel the exact same way today. And I said, I am consistently inconsistent. I say this about myself all the time. Yes. People are like, you're inconsistent. I'm like, no, I'm actually consistent I'm in consistent. my inconsistency. Yeah, absolutely. And yes. it's and it's and it part it was it it has always been part of my creativeness. That's just who I am. Yes. In everything that I do. Whether it's music, whether it's fashion, whether it's food, yes. whether it's it's just how my brain operates. And so them trying to tell me that like I had to choose one look and one sound, I couldn't wrap my mind around. I was uh-huh. like, I don't understand that. 
I was like, I don't get it though. And so it was, it was an uphill battle my entire career. It always has been until recently when it's almost like now people expect the inconsistency. Yes. But it took 20 years. Isn't so I was right. It just took a long time. <laughs> you were way ahead of the curve. Yeah, I was. I was. I definitely was. Wow. You know, to a fault probably. But I think that's sort of like, I just remember it was constantly like, they're like, well, well, it's not black enough. So we can't put, you know, we're not going to go to black radio. And then they're like, well, it's, you know, you're black. So white radios are not going to touch you. And it was just like freaking retarded. And so I ended up going to, I was signed to Virgin. So because I was signed to Virgin, they had such a strong British side to the label, which mm -hmm. a lot of the other companies didn't have, especially with black artists back then. Mm -hmm. Again, all this cross-pollination you see now, you didn't see it now. I can see Macy Gray anywhere at any time right now, and her and I will like lock eyes. And we're like, I know you. Uh -huh. And it's because for about 10 years, you never saw black artists doing any of these festival circuits. It was literally always me and Macy. Wow. Always. There was no, it was all the white indie bands, all every, every, we've played with every single one of them. You never saw anybody black, mm -hmm. ever. It wasn't until fairly recently that you would hear of these other artists traveling into Europe and Asia. Like, it never happened. So it was just us. And so you really, I was out there because being with Virgin, they were, it's funny because it's not that they're less racist, because that's obviously not the case. It's just the fact that they're, the way that their radio programming is set up is different. Uh -huh. That's essentially all it is. Uh -huh. And so I was able to get played on the radio, mm -hmm. which I was struggling with here. Also, by the sheer size of the country, it was like a drop in the bucket here, whereas there, it was able to make an impact. Mm -hmm. And so then it was able to swell, and then it swelled over into here, and then it's, that's when it started to, everything kind of took off, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it was a battle. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a constant battle. Like, it, people, you know, it was always just, I think, being uncompromising. Yes. And so, and then also being... being who you are. Yeah, you have to be, I think... Um, but also kind of like being able to self-soothe and being able to mm. reckon with yourself. Yes, ma'am, I know. Reckon with yourself out the gate that like, I've already decided I'm okay with this. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter what you're gonna say about it, but I, but I had to do that by myself first. And that's why I, I learned very early on how to manage in the industry that was not welcoming for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I had to figure out, okay, I can't please them. They're never pleased. They're never happy. I'm constantly losing. I feel like, you know, I'm constantly being told to compromise. How do I stand my ground? I need to be able to separate myself in order to be able to, to then feel confident. Like I, I've taken enough time on my own to be able to say, okay, yeah, that this is right. I'm comfortable with this answer. Now, when someone says, are you sure about the answer? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I had to be able to do that though. Yes. And so I think like that was, that was the beginning. I learned very early on, very quickly what I was going to need in order to survive, survive in this. Yeah. Survive it. At what point, so you have, the, you go on to have this like incredible career. At what point, I'm wondering, like, do you remember the moment that you were like, I'm interested in something else now, I'm going to do this. And then you completely reinvented yourself, still being an artist, still being a musician, but now integrating this life of a, I'll call it a chef for lack of a better word right now, but I'm um, food enthusiast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, what was the moment that that happened? Um, it was 2007. It was 2007. 
2007 was a weird year. It was a weird because year. Because it was right before the mm-hmm. recession hit. Exactly. So at the time, for me, I had been an on-air, I was an on-air personality for the Style Network for many years. And my, like, jam was that I talked about trends and shopping and in 2007, it made the switch because in 2008, no one had money, right. no one was talking about shopping, and things financially crashed in America. Oh, She wants baby. the ducks. That's, she sees the duck, and she's like, I want the duck. That cat is, like, ready to pounce on something over there. Maybe the gopher. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they're all... They're, listen, all the wildlife out here is always ready to pounce. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to grab... Sorry, I'm going to yeah, grab her bottle. Yeah, that way she'll... she'll yes. Sorry. Okay, ma'am. Baby girl. It's so beautiful here. Thank you. The sun going down is like incredible. I feel so grateful. To be, even this whole year, I was like, I thank God that while this pandemic, I'm like, that we were here. I mean, what a yeah. difference. Yeah. Yes. Okay, here we go, lady. Are you ready for dinner? She's like, yes, put, yes. put that in my mouth immediately, <laughs> please. So... Let's see. What was I saying? I was I was asking like the specific moment oh, that right. you decided to reinvent. Yes, it was 2007. So really, it was more. It came from. I had been fighting to get off of Jive Records mm-hmm. for what three or four years. It was a constant battle. It was a constant war. I was in a war with them. They were awful, um, and. I finally got a call one day. I was sitting at my house in Silver Lake, sitting at the kitchen counter. I will never forget. And my lawyer had called and was like, you've been released. Mm. I was like, what? He's like, they've released you. I had been literally, avidly, like it was all out war for four years. So when I got the call, I was like, oh, huh. What to do now? (laughs) You get so comfortable in the fight that you almost... You don't even think to make plans for when you win, if you were to win, Mm. you know, or if you were to lose. Like, what does it look like? And so I had been fighting for so long, and I was just so pissed off (laughs) that I, I mean, I think I went through, I went through like a, it was a quick, like, panic, like, oh my God, now I'm off. This is the first time since I was 17 years old, so 10 years, that I... I wasn't I wasn't accounted for mm-hmm. you know what I mean like there was no I had no manager I had no label I had it almost feels like and this is the funny thing actually it almost feels like you've got no future uh-huh you're it's like scary. it's terrifying because at the time here I am 27 I signed my first deal at 17 years old this is all I've known for the past 10 years it has completely taken my life by storm and at 27 I felt this sounds, it sounds crazy to say it, but I felt underaccomplished. Mm. I felt like if I don't do this, what else can I do? Like I'm not qualified to do anything. And then you start to think about like, well, damn, like, did I just allow this thing to define me as a human being? Like, I don't know who I am without it. That's ridiculous. 
And I just was like, all these things where I was just irritated and pissed off and just sort of like, what the hell? I felt like, I felt under-accomplished and I felt like I woke up and 10 years had passed. Mm -hmm. I went from 17 to 27 and I felt like, that's all I had to show for it? I was like, this is it? And I kind of, I kind of felt like, I just was like, you know what? I'm over this. I'm over it. I don't like this freaking race I was put in. I don't like the music business. I never wanted this crap anyway. The whole concept of like music business is an oxymoron to begin with. And I just was like, this is trash. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. I'm over it. When the hell did this happen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I just felt so just like disillusioned and I was just over it. And so I saw a commercial for like culinary school and literally it was like a light bulb came on in my head and I was like, huh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Wow. It was the first time that I had no one calling me about my schedule yeah. or like no one was expecting me to show up. And I had been, you know, I think it was, I was living a very, very public life at the time. Um, and it just felt like everyone had a piece of it. And mm -hmm. I just, I'm like, this is so not who I am. I don't, I'm not enjoying this. And I really was just like, okay, I'm going to do this just for me. Like, this is like, no one's even going to know I'm going. I'm just going to, I'm going to disappear into the darkness. And that is exactly what I did. And I called, it was a Friday, I'll never forget. And they were like, oh, such good timing. We have a new session starting Monday morning. And I was like, huh, okay, sign me up. What school was it? Le Cordon Bleu. Was it in New York? In LA. Yeah, in LA. Mm -hmm. And then what was the first class that you took? Um, it was like, it's a whole course. So uh -huh. they start off with like kitchen tools uh -huh. and kitchen lingo because that's a whole other language. That Did you don't. know any of this before? Not really. Like I knew how to cook because my mom is a chef, but I didn't, no, I didn't know like the whole restaurant side of it. So I had no idea about the China cap and the chinois and the mise en place and the, I didn't know any of that. Gravy? Biscuit? Are they trying to escape? Yeah. They're trying to escape. Gravy! She's like, oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, she's sneaky. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just was very, like... I felt like I had put this cloak on, and I was like, okay. Ooh. I was in the darkness, and I was like, I, I feel like I was going to move in silence. Mm. Now, that did not exactly happen, but in my <laughs> mind, at that moment, I was like, I'm just going to disappear into the darkness. And at the time, I really felt like I, I can walk away from this. I thought to myself, I will never do music again. I am not enjoying this. Um, when did I sign up to not have a normal life? Right. I literally was like, what the hell? Right. Like, I liked the, like, and this sounds ridiculous, but again... I grew up in the 90s in New York. I liked The Starving Artist. Yes. I liked who I was when I was a starving artist. I mean, that was the whole thing at LaGuardia. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, we wear leg warmers. Right. And we, like... And you had, like, the the single apartment with yes. the radiator that yes. was always broken. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, like, my neighbors would play the music so loud. We would just tell them, play it louder, because at least then I feel like I'm part of it. And as opposed out, to, like... Yeah. yeah. and just sit on the fire escape. Sit on the fire escape and smoke a lot of cigarettes. Love it. <laughs> the best. I was like, this is a good life. Yeah. So when the hell did it become this shit? I was like, this is shit. 
people have opinions about my life and I'm not able to do what I want to do. And I had to fight for four freaking years to get off of a label that I didn't want to be on that didn't want me there. Yes. And I'm trying to get people to buy my music. Why? Like, this is ridiculous. I don't actually care. Yeah. This is stupid. And somehow I've been forced to care. Yeah. And I'm exhausted and I don't want to do this anymore. And I need to sort of like regroup and find myself. And so I didn't go in there looking for a career. Uh-huh. I went in there just looking to buy some time. Yeah, to get away. Just to do something else. Yeah. I thought it would be, you know, a nice hobby. I was like, great. I'm going to go and I'm going to just, you know, just escape. I thought I was going to just escape into the darkness. Um, that's not what happened. But <laughs> that was initially, that was how it, that's how that started. I really was just like, I'm going to go do something else. And I think that as I went, Something, it was like, it was, it was literally the best adult decision oh, I think I'd ever made. Beautiful. And it, it happened at 27. Yes. <laughs> I mean, other good ones. Well, that's like sad in return though, right? So they say like every 12 years so you sort of reinvent yourself. It's literally. So 17, you have your music career. At 27, we're faced with, all right, well, what happens in our next phase? Yes. You made the next change. To anyone who's under uh, 40 years old, it happens to get at like 39. It sure does. It sure does. <laughs> and I'm sure for us, as we get older, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll happen again at 50 yeah. and absolutely. at 62. Absolutely. And, yeah. It absolutely does. Yeah. So that was like, it was such an epic moment for me because I, I had gone from being such a, I was on the front line. I had become such a fighter. And I was such a warrior. I was constantly combating to the point where like you put your feelings aside constantly because there's no room for them. There's no space for them when someone is swinging at you. And so because I was in an all out war, they were trying to take me out, literally like trying to ruin my career, mm. ruin my Like it was such a it was such a war that you put on. It's like th- you really think about like a battle, like this hand to hand combat. You really there's no time to like coddle wounds and like you just get back up there and you're bleeding and you freaking fight and you do it and you just pray you get up the next day and you just keep doing it again. So here I am now, I'm in freaking culinary school, and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> you know, like, and then I have this very, like, all these things that I didn't think about. I thought about, like, I didn't sign up with my name. Uh-huh. So everyone called me Kay. Uh-huh. And then someone, you know, very quickly in was like, aren't you Khalees? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what makes you say that? <laughs> because no. at the time, too, we all wore the same stupid freaking costumes, like uniforms and yeah. like these horrible hats. And like, <laughs> you know, you're just like, I look hideous in here. And like, no one could possibly care. And I didn't want to make it a thing. And so I never said it until someone brought it up. And then I felt this sort of like, then I realized that people were expecting me to, I don't know, like, they were expecting me to expect something from them. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was weird. You know, and here I was trying to escape, and yet they were like, well, she must think her, you know, she thinks she's going to slide by. And, just, and I was like, I'm so not here for that. Like, that's not what yeah. I'm trying to do at all, you know? And, oh, What Bubba, do you need? I know. Okay. I'm going to grab her. Okay, Bubba. Here. She's like... She's teething, so she's so fussy. I know, I know, I know. She's gonna, she's gonna get milk tired. She's oh yeah, milk, milk drunk for sure. Um, yeah, I think like that was a whole other thing where like then you know everyone was expecting, everyone was like waiting for the bomb to drop, like waiting for something weird to happen with me, and I. So then I, I found myself being super hypersensitive to that and then wanting to really 
excel on my own merit and not because like I thought that I deserved like I really wanted to show that like I'm in here for real and I'm actually trying to get away from that so let's not talk about it yes and let me just kick your ass in this because I yes. can cook you under the table cool. so that's what ended up happening I I the joke with all my friends was I my people think I'm competitive I'm actually not I was very competitive in school and I didn't realize that about myself until I was in school and I was like I want to be the best I had never felt like that in music because it didn't matter. I was like, this is who I am. And it doesn't matter if you think I'm the best or not because I'm doing this shit anyway. You know what I mean? Whereas with food, it was a very different thing. It was very, there's a right and a wrong. Whereas with music, I didn't think there was. I don't think there is. Um, so I think that it was just such a, like, it was game changing. Yes. You know, like I felt, I found like it ignited like such love and such emotion in me that I never really had about music. And I think it's because music, I always had music. Music has been with me my entire life. Like I can literally think of the soundtrack to my life. And that was, it, it was almost not a choice. Mm. Music was never a choice for me, whereas food was. Mm. And so like being in school, like I became extremely like, I, I had emotion and things that I was so not familiar with, like with music. I just was like, whoa, this is like a lot. Like I feel emotional. And like that changed my life, you know? Um, I fell in love with like the art of it and I fell in love with who I was in it. And then just the fact that like, I, it was so, um, I went in there feeling like I haven't accomplished anything and I, I'm not good at anything else. Leaving feeling very secure in the fact that like, I actually, now forget the fact that I'm good at it, I love it. Mm. And so the fact that I was able to find something else that gave me as much like, purpose and satisfaction and like just Passion. knowing that you're in your purpose like you're really living out your destiny that was like that was fire it was mm. like it was like a fire in me that like yeah I was like oh now I'm gonna do some some music because I'm like I now I can because I don't have to yes that was game changing for me yes you know when you were in the food and going through school and when you essentially graduated, and I want to be specific that you are something, you are specifically a saucier. So yes. your specialty is sauce. It is. And you have gone on to have a brand, a sauce brand, mm -hmm. um, Bouncy and Full. Yeah. Um, like, at what point after you got out of school or while you were in school, did you decide as, like, a businesswoman or an entrepreneur, like, all right, well, I'm going to monetize this now. Like, did you have that as an intentional thought? Well, what, yeah, so basically, after school, I decided there were just things that I felt like from New York were missing, honestly, mm. and I was just like, I'm going to make them, and then people were like, oh, that's actually really good, and at the time, I, it was like a year that went by, I was, I got pregnant right after I graduated from culinary school, and then I got divorced while I was pregnant, so that was really fun. And then <laughs> <laughs> it was like amazing. And then, like, yeah, to highly recommended. Um, and I was living in Studio City, and just that's really, I love. I, I love Studio City because it's you. such a good like. It was such a safe space for me. It was such a good healing place for me. Yes. Um, it was just far enough away but close enough where I could get, to, I was a single mom for the first time and, you know, I was able to get two people, but far enough away where I could not be in the mix and still yes. feel like I could do my own thing. Yes. I loved that. Um, and I would make, I had a, a vegan neighbor, which is hilarious because I'm the largest carnivore ever, but I just would like make sauce and I would leave them on her doorstep and we became friends. And she was like, 
you should sell this. And I was like, huh, maybe I should. <laughs> and to be honest, it's again, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, I couldn't have, I couldn't have written this. I couldn't have worked it out. This woman, my neighbor, went and researched like the best manufacturer in California and was like, you should go here, give them your recipes here. Wow. They're who manufacture my sauce to this day. First wow. Of all. Who is this woman? Can we give her a name? Yeah, her name is Anne. She moved to, she was living right next to me in Studio City and they moved to Kentucky. Wow. Like not long after, but it was kind of like, it was like, she was like an angel. She was like, here's the camera, just help you. Yes. It's crazy. I'm like my neighbor. It was just so, it, like such a, and we had sons the same age and she was actually, she lived in New York. It was just like, thanks God. It was just like amazing. I just felt so like, it was like little victories, you know what wow. I mean? It was like these little victories, like while battling all these other things in life, it was kind of just like she, like it was just, I didn't even ask her. She just was like, I looked up this place and like, I think you should, t they're really good. You should take your sauce there. I was like, okay. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> They've been making my sauce for freaking seven years. Wow. It's nuts. That is Amazing. And then you went on to obviously like write cookbooks yeah. and start to make more product, which now let me, and then you have been on also television as both host and judge of food shows and whatnot, um, always appearing on like everybody's favorite food shows. Uh, and then you decide I'm going to buy a farm and <laughs> here we are on the farm yes. and you're a farmer. I am totally a farmer. Um <laughs> Was the farm, I remember when you were having the conversations actually of wanting to move from like a traditional home um, and you were looking into this lifestyle and I, you know. You know what? Here's what I, this is the interesting thing. I think that in every decision I've made in my life, the focal point is rarely the actual decision that's being made. It's more so like, what am I going to get from this? Like, mm. what is, what do I want my life to, to be like? And so whether it's like music or going to culinary school or whatever it is or buying the farm, it's never like, that's never the focal point. It's kind of like, what do I, what am I looking for? What do I want my life to be? What am I expecting from this time period of my life? You know? And so like, whether it's music in the beginning, it's like, this is what I know how to do. And it's a little bit like I was young and it's, so it's a little, it's rebellious and reckless and I can really like thrive and kind of like let that creativity burn you know what I mean so going to culinary school and being like I need to get away and I need to find it's kind of like when Ron's like I want to go paint right mm -hmm. it's very like I'm gonna go, I need to go handle me right now and I can't do that for all these people and that's what culinary school was it could have been anything it could have been you know what I mean just so happy like again all these things sort of just like me just sort of going with the natural flow of who I am mm. like I'm not someone who tries to recreate the wheel ever and I'm not someone who like is going to try to fit myself into a space that doesn't make sense for me. I'm very like, I don't know how to do that. And I'm not even, and because I don't know how to do it, I'm not even interested in it. I know what I can do. I know I'm always, I've always been really good with my hands. Like it could have been shop. Like I could be doing woodwork. Like I'm good with that stuff cool. too. I like that. I, I'm, I like tactile. Like, yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I need that. And so I think like I wanted to get out of my head a little bit, you know, being a writer, we have to do that. And culinary school was that. I was able to use my hands and use a creative, still be creative, but it was like a very natural progression. Where, you know, people always ask me, they're like, how do you bridge the gap between food and music? That's not even a thought for me. I, there's mm. no gap to be bridged. 
You know what I mean? It's me being you. a creative person in whatever space I'm in. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm a creative gardener. I'm yes. a freaking creative. Like that's just everything I do. I bring this thought process to it, knowing like what is it that I want my life to look like. The action is rarely the focal point because I don't really care about that stuff. I don't care about being famous. I don't care about anything really. You know what I mean? Like I care about my family and I yes. care about like me being able to wake up in the morning and have and feel confident about the, the woman that I am today. Yes. With all the flaws, with all the issues, whatever it is, knowing that I'm genuinely doing her today. Like this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm at. I'm having a rough day. I'm that, I'm very much that mom. I'm very much that wife. I'm very much that friend. I'm like that in my business. You know, if we have to shoot something, it might be like, I'm not in a great mood today. I'm just going to let everyone know that. Yeah. I'm going to work hard because I'm professional. And that's what I do. But I'm just going to put it out there. Like, I'm not really feeling it today, guys. <laughs> like, I'm just not. I'm not into it. You know what I mean? I'm, and I'm like that with everything. And so I think it's rarely about what it is that I'm doing and more so about, like, what I'm trying to get. And so the farm was very much like, I want space. That was the first thing. Yeah. Like, I, need, I need mental space. Yes. I need space. I was like, I need space in every way. I want to slow down mm. the I want to slow down the time I want to slow down the time for my children I want I want to say that I know what I'm eating yeah I want to say that I've got control over that I want to say that as a black person who has been blessed enough to make a name for myself that I didn't just squander it on shoes <laughs> because I did for a very long time <laughs> I wanted to be able to leave an actual legacy that I could, that I, that meant something. And I was like, money wasn't the thing. You know, I always joke, I'm like, I remember going on tour as a teenager, as a young woman and thinking in the beginning I had FOMO and I was like, oh my God, all my friends are, you know, I'm like, I'm going to miss everything. And I'd be gone for six months and I'd come home and it was like, weren't y'all just sitting here when I left? Like nothing changed. Yeah. And what I realized is in this industry specifically, it moves so fast. It is so fast and it takes so much of your energy and so much of your thought that it's, a, and that's why a lot of people turn to other things because it's hard to slow it down. Yeah. You have to actively like consciously decide I'm going to slow this shit down. I'm going to slow it down because it's moving faster than I can physically comfortably move. Mm. And there's pain involved in that. Do you know what I mean? I don't think people, people never talk about that side of it, but like it goes so fast to the point where like. You meet more people, you lose more people, you gain more people, you make more money, you lose more money, you make it again. It's like all the, and, and, and then you're like, and I'm 25. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Like all this stuff happens so fast. It was all so fast that I, ha I make very conscious decisions about who I want to be and how I want to feel. And whether it's like, you know, making the choice to separate from a partner or making the choice to like, kind of go in the dark and, and be a private person. You know, I learned a lot from that phase in my life, I think, because in the midst of going to culinary school, I was also in a very public divorce and recognizing, okay, taking it to level, you know, phase two here, I knew, I know what I have to do in order to survive in this. I can't do all this with y'all. Like, I can't. I'm not, I know that I need to have a good head on my shoulders. I want to be a viable person. I was like, now I have a child. I have multiplied. So it is important that I have myself to offer him. And I can't do that if I'm chasing stuff out here and try, I can't do it. I can't. I can't even genuinely be creative with all this noise. Like, I don't know how to do that. And so the farm is literally that, like, mm -hmm. level five. It's literally like, 
I need to regain a little bit of control. I want to slow things down. I think as a black woman owning land, it is so important. Um, it's so important. And I realized that like in this whole, it's almost been two years now. God, time is flying still. It's still flying. Um, but I realized that in this time, as black people, it's always been about the land. Mm -hmm. And like we say it and we know it, but like it wasn't until, because the making the money wasn't the thing, right? Like I've always, I mean, I've been blessed to always be able to bring in the money, right? Like we're, we're New Yorkers, you know how to make the money. I know how to make the money. Standing on land though, was something else. Like I had a fabulous apartment in New York, you know what I mean? Like this wasn't that. I was like, I'm standing on ground that I own that I can, if, if nothing else happens, this is a safe place for my family, for my children. It changed how I thought, you know, it made me start to research women that have done this in the past um, and just really start to learn the power and the control that we have with food, right? And like, what does that do for a culture, for a generation? When we look, we live in LA, we, you know, we're from New York there are food deserts in some of the richest cities. That's yes. disgusting and it's yes. unacceptable. And when you realize that it's done strategically, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I, I can't continue to be part of the problem and I don't know what else to do. And I'm not the kind of person to do grand gestures and like, I started a charity. Like, that's not my, that's not my strong point. I don't have a problem with that, but it's like, that's not where my brain works. My brain works, I'm very like, start at home first, right? I'm like, I need to make sure that my children know how to she went outside again. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear him? No, senora. He talks to him like they're old Spanish women. <laughs> um, that it was all about the land. I'm like, I need to be able to give them something that like, it's not money. Yeah, this is really I wanted to give powerful. them freedom. It's powerful and it's significant. And here's what's so crazy. I wanted to give them freedom. And as a chef, of course, like I wanted to make sure that I could control on one side, you know, the, the luxury of food and just like what we're growing and what we're eating, the practicality of it being black people knowing what, you know, what really has been done to our community with food and with the health issues that we have as a people, just all of that. And then thinking to myself, okay, I have no excuse. Yeah. I can do better when you know better, do better. Right. So I was like, all right, we're, we're going to, we're going to separate ourselves a little bit more and we're going to like quiet it down a little bit and that's when you can like hear yourself the loudest, yeah. you know, and really kind of like see what you're made of, you yes. know, I'm big on that. Like seeing what I'm made of. Uh, if this place is any expression <laughs> of what you're made of, it's pretty epic. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I love a challenge. I do. I feel like we're not growing if we're not challenged. Okay. If we're stagnant, like, hey, listen, if we're stagnant, we might as well be going backwards. I'm like, you got to be pushing forward. You got to be pushing forward. I don't believe in wasted time. You know, it's like. I want my kids to like, I want them to have the freedom. There's freedom in like the land, you know what I mean? It's like, and then here, and then it with the irony of that whole thing is I came out here with that thought. And then of course I sold our home in LA and I got out here and I was like, I had a full panic. I moment. would imagine. Like, what have I done? Because I've it did not look like this when we, <laughs> when we bought it. I would imagine. I got out here and it was a dust pile and I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I live on dust. Literally. I was like, I feel dirty 24 seven. I want to kill myself. I was like, I, <laughs> what have I done? I'm like, our house is an architectural digest. <laughs> what have I done? 
I sold it. And now I live in dirt in Trump country. It's just like, kill me. What have I done? And literally, just like these voices in my head from like, just growing up and like, you're a pioneer woman. Yes. You're a pioneer woman. Yes. You're a pioneer woman. It's not going to be comfortable at first, but you're going to make it what you want it to be. And I literally just had to keep like, kind of like chanting that to myself. And then I'm like, okay. And here we are, you know, almost two years later, it's a year and a half later. And I do feel like we are pioneering in an area where people don't look like us. Yes. And (sighs) this was a pile of dirt. Yes. And I'm so in love with this space now. And and it's just like we battle the elements every day. Like I told you, there's the freaking gophers eating my damn vegetables. The dogs were always freaking escaping. You know, the we I had to birth a freaking sheep. <laughs> I had to put my hand in a sheep's vagina. <laughs> to the point where in my mind I was like, surely the vet will get here in time for these types of things. My sister, who is the vet, was yeah. like, bitch. I live in Long Beach. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. Yeah, she was like, "Um, you're going to need to put your hand. I was like, I'm going to need to do what? So, like, we are constantly battling the elements, but we are in a battle nonetheless. And it's like a good good one, though. It's like one of those ones that's like you are forging forward. You You are are satisfied. You know, it is. It's like we sleep different. Yeah. Genuinely. Like, it's a different sleep. It's like you sleep from actual, like, I worked today. Yes. You know, it's different than mental exhaustion. Um, the kids come in and they're like, we are so tired. It's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like playing outside. being wild banshees. Like they just run around like lunatics. You see them with freaking pajamas on. One will have no shoes on, no shirt. They're wielding swords. And you're like, where are you guys? They're like, we're up the top of the olive grove. It's unbelievable. I'm like, okay, don't knock over any of my trees. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's pretty incredible that you, a girl from New York City has now her own land and raising her family on it with cows and sheep and an alpaca <laughs> and lots yes. of big dogs and other funky trinkets. Yes, and all kinds of and stuff. And children and a husband. And it is a beautiful thing to see how you have just thrived as yourself this entire time and created a spectacular life. Thank you. It is really something beautiful. I'm like blessed to be sitting here and experiencing this with you. So I would like to thank you, um, my guest and dear friend, Khalees, for joining us this week. Be sure to like, subscribe, and if this show resonates, leave your rebel stories of reinvention on the show page. I know I would love to read them, and I'm sure you'll connect with other women who will too. So I'm Jess Zeno, and this is the Mothers of Reinvention. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah.